we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And Mike, we are in another social distancing episode. I don't know why I always struggle with the word distancing once we turn the microphones on, dude. What's like, I don't know what it's up with that. We, well, before, <laughs> before 50 days ago, we'd never heard the word before. <laughs> right, exactly, right. New vocabulary words that we are trying to work into our into our, our vernacular uh, here yes. on Henrico CTE now. And uh, we got another energy podcast for you here as well. But before we get to that, I want to remind you to check us all out on our social media, the handle Henrico CTE at and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the YouTube. The YouTube. I always say the YouTube because I, <laughs> I had a I had a, a more seasoned professor uh, say that when I was in school all the time. Oh, the YouTube. <laughs> he said, "You guys should be able to figure out anything. Just go on the YouTube <laughs> and look up a tutorial." All right, all right, all right. Mike, well, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find uh, the podcast on Spotify. Um, our host Anchor, which is Anchor.com or Anchor.fm, actually now. Um, but you should be able to find it on any of the, your podcast resources that you are listening uh, and using right now. Yep. However you want to listen, wherever you want to listen, we got you covered. All right, all right let's get on. to. I, I got a new, I got a new country. What new new numbers? Well, laying no, on me, man. New new country. Oh, new country. We got another Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Wow. Man, we, have we, are, another, we have 17 countries now. Dude, the beauty of the internet. The beauty yep. of the internet. So shout out to Sri Lanka. Hey, if you're listening to this episode, and uh, what time is it over here now? Let me stop kidding. Oh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's get to this episode, man. Uh, we don't, we got four guests uh, here for you again, uh, some professionals in the energy career. I mentioned this is episode four in this quartet of podcasts on energy careers that we are doing. This is, there is a new career cluster coming to Virginia's school system. This cluster is designed to expose students to careers in the energy field via the classroom. We have some, uh, again, energy professionals here to talk to you about their careers in the field, to give you some insight into the jobs that they do. Um, our last episode, our last three podcasts were on the subject of episode one was energy sustainability and efficiency, energy two, energy, tra energy transmission, distribution and storage. And the last one we just did what, that we aired on, what, what was it, May the 5th, not yes. May the 4th be with you, but May the 5th. And that was on fuel production and distribution. Today, we are talking about power generation. And let's get to our guests. I'm going to have them introduce themselves, names and titles, um, and just a brief description of what it is that they do, starting with Miss Lauren Lopez. And then I will call out names as if we were back uh, in the classroom. Right, Mike? Yep. <laughs> so, Lauren Lopez, give me your name and your title, and then I will go down the line. So my name is Lauren Lopez, and I am supervisor for the Nuclear Safety Analysis Group at Dominion Energy. All right, and uh, Emily Hughes. Hi, everyone. My name is Emily Hughes. I'm a development project manager at EDP Renewables, uh, developing wind, solar, and storage projects in the eastern region of the U.S. Hi, everybody. My name is Wafame Elamine. I am the executive director of the Virginia Renewable Energy Alliance. All right, and last but certainly not least, Dominica. 
Hi, I'm Dominika Singh, uh, and then I associate at Strata Solar. All right, I want to thank you guys all formally for coming out. I know I said thank you when you guys appeared in the Zoom conference. And Michael, tell you, I always have this bad habit of when I have folks on here via Zoom saying thank you for coming out. But you yes. guys didn't come out anywhere. You really just <laughs> logged on. But thank you guys so much for logging on and giving us an opportunity to talk to you. But I want to get started with kind of a brief uh, overview overview of what it's like walking in your shoes, right? What your day-to-day is like. And I'm going to pose this question first to Wafa. Talk, just, just walk us through your day-to-day. What is it like being Wafa May Monday through Friday? And sometimes on the weekends, I'm sure. Well, um a little bit about me. So I just started my position actually in the beginning of February. So context of where we are in this day and time and what's happened over the last two or three months, um, it's been a little bit crazy. So I entered my role in the foundation that Maria was left and was really strong um, in a great position to really push for this carbon um, emission goals by 2050. Um, so Veria is a culmination, it's a coalition of a whole bunch of different organizations and stakeholders, um, individuals, clients who are working to advance renewable energy at every single level in Virginia, um, at the community level, at the school level, at the um, industry level, in hospitals, and just everything that you can think of um, and all the different types of renewable energy. Um, and we do that by providing network opportunities and events. Um, one of our biggest events that we host is the Virginia Clean Energy Summit, which is a really great way for so many people within the industry and people interested in learning more about it to kind of get together um, and share about what's going on in Virginia. Last year was our inaugural one. We had over 400 attendees um, and we're gearing up to plan this one and we're taking it virtual. So we're hoping to reach a whole bunch of people, but um, you know, day to day is really just connecting with different members, um, seeing what they've got going on, what projects, how they're responding to legislation, um, any of their needs and seeing ways that we can um, continue to just educate people and educate one another and extend those networking opportunities. So, you know, being here on this podcast is like one clear way is um, we're trying to bridge that gap from the industry folks and the people who are trying to get into the industry, um, like students and children who are, you know, maybe might not know what's out there. Um, and it's a rapidly growing industry. Um, you know, there was, I saw an article just a few days ago that said, over the last 40 days since we've been in quarantine, um, energy usage throughout the country has been more from renewable energy than it has been through any other um, energy source. So I think that's a really clear reflection of where Virginia is headed. And um, I'm excited to see more our membership grow and to see renewables grow within Virginia and um, providing more opportunities for students to get looped in. Yep, yep. Gotta, uh, gotta, gotta tell the students what's out there or else they will not be able to reach for it. Dominica, what's your day-to-day like? My day-to-day depends a lot on, um, you know, the, the, the transaction that I'm involved in, what stage it is in. Um, but currently I have a lot of different transactions in different stages, so it's, it's really a mixture of, of everything. Um, but basically my job pretty much consists of finding buyers that are a good fit for a project that my company is trying to sell 
Um, and so Strata Solar is uh, developing a utility scale solar projects um, as well as storage projects. So my day-to-day really involves looking for potential buyers to be a good fit for a particular project, working with our internal teams, development and finance to prepare a compelling offer for a buyer. And, you know, once that initial stage of, of reaching out to buyers and sharing information was reached, then I'm responsible for continuing that communication helping with due diligence. So it's a lot of external communication with, with buyers that could be utilities, investors, other developers. Um, and once, you know, we get certain offers for projects, my job also requires, you know, support and contract negotiations, dissecting the proposals, presenting to senior management so they can evaluate and um, assess which offer they would like to pursue further. And it pretty much is a mixture of, of a few different roles because I have to you know, work with our developers, with our lawyers, with our finance teams, and just make sure that the, the relationships with buyers um, you know, are, are kind of progressing as, as we would like them. All right. So in the uh, marketing area, is that correct to say? Would you say that's around? Uh, it's, it's more of a sales function okay, sales, okay. um yeah I, I think you know that's the, the kind of the, the goal of my job is to uh work with my team the m a team that's merger and acquisition uh to make sure that we either sell a project successfully or you know find a project that my company would like to acquire and pursue that project further all right and emily day-to-day for me please sure um so as a development project manager really uh I mean, I'm sure everyone can attest this, like every day is different. There's always something new happening. And it really does depend on where the wind projects are in the life cycle of that project. So if it's earlier stage development versus later stage, like almost pre-construction development. But, you know, in general, you know, project managers, what we do is we spend a lot of time engaging with local stakeholders where our projects are going to be built. So that could mean, you know, county, um, county leadership, our landowners where, you know, the turbines would actually be constructed on their lands, um, land that we lease. Um, we work with various environmental organizations, permitting regimes for counties, states, um, even federal. Uh, so a lot of that type of engagement um, throughout the life of the project. Um, and then on top of those um, external um, community engagements, we also spend a lot of our time day-to-day working with our internal teams. So at EDP Renewables, you know, we have engineers, we have a legal team, um, we have environmental experts, transmission experts, you know, we work with all of those internal teams to make sure that we're all aligned and coordinating to make these projects, these one projects viable um, and get them ready to be constructed um, and to be operational. All right. All right. And Lauren Lopez, last but not least. All right. So as supervisor for nuclear safety analysis at Dominion Energy, I oversee a group of 11 individuals and we support all four of Dominion's nuclear stations. So we have two power plants right here in Virginia. One's located out uh, about an hour west of Richmond and Mineral Virginia off Lake Anna. We've got another power station located just uh, east of Richmond, about an hour and a half east at uh, Surrey Power Station near Williamsburg. We have another power station in Connecticut and another power station in South Carolina. So most of our of my employees uh, 
I work at the corporate office here in Richmond, but I have several employees who are at, based at the power plants, uh, some at Millstone in Connecticut, some at BC Summer in South Carolina. So with this wide footprint, I would echo what Emily said, that every day is different. So we oversee a, a, a wide variety of projects that support the design and licensing basis of each of our power plants. We also support the refueling outages. So nuclear is refueled every 18 months as we refill a third of the nuclear core. So during that time, as work is being done, if emergent issues arise, they oftentimes call upon our group to answer emergent technical issues or work through uh, complex problems. It does keep things exciting as uh, some days we're managing some longer term projects while other days we're uh, more or less fighting fires. I think one of the common themes I think I heard throughout everyone's explanation of what their day to day is like is that it's always changing, Mike. And I think that's one of the things that uh, I think will we'll really hit home with the students, uh, especially when, they, when they're listening to this podcast right here. A lot of students are worried about doing the same thing over and over again. But Sounds like you guys have something different coming at you, maybe on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week, or even month-to-month. It, it also sounds, sounds like with each of their companies that just from the past interviews and, and, and then who we're talking with today is that there's a lots of different types of people working with them, that it's not just, you know, they're dealing with sales or they're dealing with, you know, nuclear safety or whatever, that there's, they've got a lot of other people that they're working with with their companies so it's not just engineers, it's salespeople and other office people, and you probably have construction workers and electricians. It just runs the gambit in a lot of these companies. And this is something that I think that students really need to be thinking about when they think about the power industry and no matter which aspect of it, is that there's, when you're looking for a career and you are looking to get into the energy field, there's a lot more than you realize. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that these podcasts are going to get that in, that uh, that out. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different ways that you can get your foot in the door from what mm-hmm. we are hearing here and from what we've expressed in these last three podcasts that, we're, that we've done. And we will no doubt express as the show continues here. Now, I'm going to ask you guys to go down memory lane. Uh, how did what led you to an energy career? Like, how did you get here? How did you how did you guys get to where you were? where you are now, and I'm going to start with Dominica. I don't know if, if my story is typical or atypical, but it, um, my background is not in energy. Um, you know, my, my, my degree is in actually in English. I grew up in Poland, so I was studying English um, and, you know, marketing. And when I was about to graduate, it just kind of seemed to me like a natural thing to go abroad and have an internship because I've been studying English, so I want to use it every day. So I partnered with a university. They had a student group that they were trying to connect companies abroad and and students for internships. And that's how in 2014, I started an internship with Strata Solar uh, in marketing. And so, you know, I didn't really know much about energy or renewables. I didn't know anything about the industry, especially in the U.S. I was coming from a different country. But once I started um, at Strata, I was just, you know, it's just such an exciting industry. It really opened my eyes to how important this industry is and really opened my eyes to how um, exciting and fast-paced this industry is. Um, So after my first year as a marketing intern, I got an opportunity to transition to a different role. 
So from there, I transitioned to commercial and industrial sales support. Um, so I was, you know, instead of managing website communication events, I transitioned to working with customers such as um, retailers, different, different um, producers that wanted to have solar on their rooftop. And after another year, um, another opportunity came to be involved in our engineering, procurement, and construction business to help them gain new customers. So I was really responsible for responding to RFPs, which are requests for proposals. So I was in charge of putting a proposal together for a customer and, again, kind of emphasizing this in, in certain positions, you just have to work with everybody and that was the role that, you know, most heavily I had to learn how to work with engineers, how to work with estimators, how to work with our legal department, how to work with our procurement department, because all of these different business units have to come together um, to, to uh, put forward a proposal. Um, and so now I'm on my fifth year at Strata, and about a year ago or a year and a half, I transitioned to my current role, merger and acquisition, that is a little bit more uh, transaction finance based and also more um, development. She's moving from Poland to the United States. That must have been quite a tra transition for you. It, you know. it really was. Um, and especially, you know, I remember the year when I was um, applying 2014, I started my internship. So right before um, there was a government shutdown and so, you know, I was looking at internships in different countries. I wasn't really set on anything. And pretty much after my first interview with Strata, I was told, well, hey, we have this government shutdown, so we just have one student visa left, and you have to make up your mind in like, three days. <laughs> so in three days, I was like, oh, all right, I'm moving to U.S. for a year. Okay. <laughs> and here you are. Here you are. And uh Dominique, yep. you mentioned that, uh, you know, you didn't have a background in energy and that's okay. And that's one of the reasons we asked this question on the show that just show uh, the students listening that it's not always a straight track to where you want to be. Just get the exposure, go out there, get the exposure, get the experience, and hopefully you'll land and end up where uh, you can do something that will make you proud at the end of the day. Next, I'm going to ask Lauren Lopez, how did you get here? How did you get to where you are today? I always loved uh, math and science in school and knowing how things work. Um, I, it was interesting because I also had a strong passion for English too, and so fell into um, technical writing pretty strongly as well. But uh, I went to uh, University of Virginia, interested in information technology and found the computer science degree was located in the School of Engineering. So once I was in the School of Engineering looking at taking some computer science classes, um, I actually landed on systems engineering. So systems engineering is taking uh, larger systems and trying to identify inefficiencies in the system. So it's a lot of probability and statistics. But to me, this was looking at big projects and working with um, team members to find ways to find improvements. So um, to me, this was an, an attractive fit for what I was interested in doing. And then during my sophomore year of college, I landed an internship at Dominion Energy in the uh, nuclear analysis and fuel group. And so all the uh, nuclear engineering and uh, nuclear theory I actually learned on the job. Um, what 
really hooked me was I was so fascinated with nuclear energy and how such a small source of fuel could provide electricity for so many people 24-7 with zero emissions. Uh, so like I said, I was hooked. Upon graduating college, then I had lined up a, a full-time position in nuclear fuel project engineering at Dominion. And uh, I've been with Dominion now in that department for 11 years. 11 years. Oh, wow. So uh, you, love, you love what you got yourself into. That's, that's what I have to say right there. 11 years, man. To put 11 years in, you got to love it or something. That's right. <laughs> yes time flies when you're having fun time flies when you're having fun and uh dominica you said you were in your field for five years i think that, that that's what you said uh yes that's correct each each year in a different position but um each year yeah, in a different five years five years in this field gotcha gotcha and uh one one key thing that i saw that connected you and uh lauren's story is internships internships seem to pave the way into a career for both of you guys and uh, that is a theme that we've heard throughout us doing these podcasts, right, Mike? I mean, internship oh, yes. eventually equaling a job opportunity if you work hard enough. But what led you to an energy career, uh, Emily? How did you get to where you where you are today? So I also had a pretty um, non-linear track, um, as good. it seems to be the theme. <laughs> uh, so I actually studied anthropology um, in college. Uh, and, you know, the anthropology I focused on was much more, it was a little bit more modern than what people would traditionally think. Um, so I focused a lot on um, technology and how technology impacts, um, you know, communities, uh, cultures, and societies, um, specifically also focusing on renewable technology and how that, and renewable infrastructure, and how that um, impacts local cultures and um, societies. So uh, that kind of led me into a career in software consulting as my first job out of college. Um, and the software company that I worked for develops energy um, business management software, um, which really, you know, opened the door from, from the energy side of things, um, the energy industry for me. You know, working with software consulting, I really enjoyed it, learned a lot. But I, as I kind of worked through that aspect of my career trajectory, I realized that the energy side of things was more interesting, um, particularly renewables. Um, and also that, you know, though I love software and I find technology very interesting, I, I wanted to actually like build some of these projects. I wanted to make it happen instead of being a little bit more front end than back end. There's no right answer. That's just something that I wanted to do. And so from there, I, you know, worked with my network and got into renewables and, um, I've been with EDP renewables first as a project developer, now project manager, um, for the past about three years now. Um, and yeah, that's how I got here. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Waffle. <laughs> How did you get to where you are today? Oh, okay. So this is a mouthful, but um, so <laughs> I, it took me a really long time to get here. So I studied environmental policy and planning at Virginia Tech. Um, and it's taken me about five or five years or so to get a job within my field of study. Um, so that's to anyone who's listening, it's going to be crazy and it can take forever, but um, just push through. But so I started off actually at Virginia Tech. I went into, I wanted to be a biomedical engineer. It didn't work out <laughs> for me. Um, and, you know, they, Virginia Tech is a really great engineering program. I got in, I still don't know how I got in um, to that program. And I just kind of realized really early on after I failed all of my engineering courses that this wasn't for me. And I switched over to international studies and I was born in Sudan. So um, for me, I'm very like globally centered. So I always think about like how my community is impacted, my immediate community and all of that stuff. And 
I wanted to find a way to like couple it with long-term impact. So I found about, about sustainability and coupled it with like environmental policy and planning. Um, and that was like my undergraduate career. And then when I graduated tech, um, I had only gotten one internship at an, another, like a similar trade association. So maybe back then subconsciously I was already gearing up to kind of be in a position like this. So that association was more focused on state and territorial solid waste management. So toxic waste, um, underground storage tanks, that kind of stuff. And it was a coalition of federal and state representatives talking about like how to handle the legislation and cleanups and all of that stuff. And I fell in love with like sustainable, sustainably redeveloping those toxic sites. Took me forever to get there. I started working at Microsoft um, at the store doing like the community side, teaching um, kids how to code and all of that stuff. Then I worked at the Virginia Department of Health for the last two years. I was doing um, HIV data work and then I was doing HIV prevention um, across the state. So, and now I'm here. So no, and then I went and I was doing some electoral organizing um, and on the side. So I've just been doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> social justice buff, human rights activist. So um, I dabble in a lot of things and all of that kind, all of those skills up until this point have been incredibly transferable right now. And I don't know if um, you ladies can agree that so many of the skill sets you kind of gain in all of these different jobs that maybe not be so linear um, are very relevant in our industry and um, more specifically in like I can see from all of the, our members and our companies that there's a need for every single expertise you know whether you're into marketing um, we need to know how to market our products you know whether you are into really pushing um, communities up or teaching you know there's a really a need for every single skill set. So now that Virginia has grown this career cluster, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of jobs we open up in Virginia um, within these existing companies and how the next generation can really innovate um, us to getting us to that big goal because it's not going to be just us right now who are doing it. So my, my road and journey has been all over the place. Um, but, you know, all of it all together, I'm very deeply rooted in community. Um, and I always think about how can what I do at the end of the day impact a lot of people. Um, and when I applied for this job, I was actually in Sudan visiting my family and the power was cut off. Electricity is just a thing that just gets cut off all the time there. And I saw this job and I'm like, wow, this is like a really great, this seems like a good fit for me. And just juxtaposition, like the power was cut off and look at us now talking about power generation i think i'm funnier than i am but <laughs> <laughs> me too uh i had that i had that uh that thing for myself as well i always think i'm funnier than i am but it's all good though as long as i think they're funny that's all that matters right so uh waffle you mentioned that uh the impact that you want to make on uh on community and i really think mm -hmm. we mike and myself we've been talking a lot about essential workers and really anybody working in the energy field, working to keep the lights on, working to find more sustainable ways uh, to produce energy uh, are what we call essential workers. So I want to thank right. you guys for being out there and being essential uh, during uh, this whole COVID-19 thing that you might've heard of that we have going on. I want to switch gears here and talk a little bit more about uh, power generation itself. And I want to start with Lauren Lopez. Uh, what is power generation? How would you define power generation for someone who maybe has never heard the term 
or is unfamiliar with it at all, how would you define power generation? And then uh, anybody can feel free to hop on or tag on to that definition if they would like after uh, Lauren. Sure. So power generation is, is as simple as generating electricity from various sources of production. So this is everything from nuclear power to fossil fuels to renewables, uh, such as wind, solar, and biomass. All right. Anybody else want to add on to that? Because that sounded pretty solid to me right there. It's, I'm getting a lot of thumbs up, head nodding from everybody else on the panel uh, out there about that. So uh, and she already answered what are some examples of power generation. So talk to me about how Virginia generates the power. How does Virginia generate the power? And uh, anybody who wants to tackle that, just feel free to hop on in. Well, so Virginia generates power through a variety of sources. So we have uh, the one that's near and dear to my heart is North Anna and Surrey Power Station. Uh, so together, those two nuclear stations produ provide enough power for 670,000 homes or roughly 40% of Virginia's electricity needs. So nuclear is a major uh, factor here in Virginia. We also have um, natural gas, coal, hydropower, solar, biomass, so think burning wood from fallen tree branches or even burning trash. So you think of Virginia, you think we pretty much do it all as far as electric production or we are planning on where how we can get into new sources of um, electricity production to have um, a, a wide variety of mix. I think in Virginia, we have been um, pretty clear that we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. So we don't want to invest solely in one type of power production just for the, the sake of reliability. So, uh, you know, when the, the sun's not blowing or the sun's not shining or the wind's not blowing, you have natural gas and nuclear and some of these other 24-7 baseload type electricity sources that, that prop up your grid. Yeah, yeah, other things to fall back on. Dominique, I saw you unmuted your mic. Did you want to say something? Got to pay attention to those mics when you're doing Zoom conference, when you're doing Zoom podcast. So, Dominique, did you unmuted your mic. Did you have something you wanted to add to the conversation? I have to really watch what I do because you're just going to call me out. Yeah, um, no, I was, I was just <laughs> nodding and, and agreeing. Um, okay. Yeah, and then just I think I'm skipping ahead, but um, one other source that I'm excited to see in the future, I think, is offshore wind, but um, that's not not here now. But yeah, in the future. Okay. Well, well, right. How how much in the future do you think that uh, we'll have offshore wind? Uh, well, I think, again, I'm, I'm skipping ahead with the, the questions. Um, a few weeks back, there was the um, you know, Clean Economy Act that was mm -hmm. passed, and um, it raised the, the goals for the state. I think it's uh, 500 gigawatts, if I'm not mistaken, that should be built you know, off the coast of Virginia. Uh, and now I think the pilot program or, or demonstration uh, project is 16 megawatts and it should come online later this year. I don't know if there are you know, any impacts from COVID, but I, th I think later this year or next year, we might see the, the, the smaller demonstration project, but um, you know, the industry as a whole for offshore wind, I think the next few years, that's what's going to appear in Virginia. Yeah, and, and what uh, Dominica was talking about, we sent out the questions earlier, and uh, we were talking about what do you think the future of Virginia holds, power generation in the future of Virginia holds? Uh, anybody else want to 
want to hop in on there. I saw uh, Emily unmute her mic shortly after Dominique started speaking. We'll go for it. wind. I got excited. (laughs) 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 Um, um, No, just to, yeah, the, you know, the clean economy act, you know, obviously paves the way for um, renewables in general in Virginia, but also I think from the wind standpoint, you know, onshore and offshore projects are in the pipeline now in Virginia, they're later stage, you know, they're, they're in the queue to be um, constructed and built. Um, I think that project you're referencing is slotted to be built in 2026, I believe. So from a development standpoint, you know, in the somewhat near term, right? Uh, So I just think that you can see that though offshore is very new um, to the country, people are really seeing the value of constructing that um, and the value it will add, like the add, um, adding to the energy mix and how that would benefit uh, Virginia. So I just kind of mirror what she said, you know, I think that from a policy standpoint and also just from like a technology standpoint, we're at a place where we can progress um, that aspect of the power generation industry um, and add it to the energy mix. All right, Waffle. Yeah, for um, going off of the wind thing. So You know, Varia has been around, I think, throughout the course of the conversations um, and the shift of going from, okay, maybe we want to 100% dive into renewables to um, the Clean Economy Act that just 100% put a stamp on that for that to be a targeted goal. And so much legislation has come out of the General Assembly session that's going to be start on July 1 in regards to regulating offshore wind, setting standards for renewable energy portfolio standards across the state, so that as different um, developers are coming in to kind of know what is already happening across the industry, um, what models already exist. And, you know, I'm excited to see how Varia can play a role in that. And, um, you know, our members are so diverse. You know, we have we have people in wind, nuclear, solar. We also have like those grassroots advocacy groups. So just really being able to see how those conversations are going to go about in the next couple of um, months could really impact the upcoming legislation in 2021. So I really think that um, everyone's been, I know Emily, EDP Renewables has been like, okay, is, is it time yet? Like, is it time for offshore wind? And it's here, you know, so these next couple of Years are going to be very telling um, about how the industry works together. And Lauren, you hit the nail on the head about we don't want to put our ducks all in the same space for power generation. So um, it's exciting to see where that's going to end up going and how what role we all individually play in it and um, how we can really set up a workforce that can be transferable for the years to come. Like down the road, we can just continue on 100% clean and renewable energy. All right. With so many. Right. Oh, sorry, Lauren. Go ahead. <laughs> all I was going to say is I hope uh, the big takeaway from all of this is how strong the future of power production in Virginia really is through mm-hmm. a variety of sources. Um, the fact that we are already launching into pilot offshore wind programs, just how we are, are right where we need to be for in, in the, the greatest time, I think, to be alive for this technology to get launched, to, to capture. I mean, in, so in the past, um, we didn't have a lot of capability for, for wind turbines in Virginia, and you think, well, why not? Well, the wind just doesn't blow that strong in Virginia, right? But off the shore in the middle of the ocean, that's something we can really capture and capitalize on. Um, even solar, uh, we've 
we've teamed up with Facebook for um, hundreds and of uh, megawatts of, of solar right here in, in Virginia. So, th so this is just painting the paving the way for jobs for generations to come. One of the exciting things about uh, my job that I like to share with people is the the future of nuclear power in Virginia. Uh, Surrey Power Station is one of the first to get the um, subsequent license renewal out to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. So, so what does this mean? We've got. When, once this gets approved, we've got another 20 years of Surrey Power Station producing power, so that will take us out to 2050 for nuclear power at Surrey and a subsequent license renewal is planned for North Anna as well. And so once that's approved, that would take us out to power production at North Anna through 2060. So what this means is great job security, not only for me, but for the next generation uh, folks that are coming up through power and energy production. All right, well, so many different, you guys have mentioned a whole lot of different energy production methods, wind, solar, nuclear. How do you think that will affect the job market? What kind of jobs do you think will be created as a result as Virginia looks towards the future of uh, producing energy? How do you think that will affect uh, jobs available for possibly some of these students that will be coming out of high school, maybe going directly into working in the energy field or maybe getting a little bit of extra education to eventually work in the energy field. And I'll start with Wafa. I'll ask that question for Wafa first. And, and then everybody else can just kind of hop on, meet your mic, unmute your mic, however you want to do it. <laughs> so Wafa, how do you think that will affect uh, the job market in general? I think it's just going to really grow and boom. Um, I think between 2018 and 2019 alone, the I want to say in the 40th percentile, that's how much the soul that can speak just for solar. We haven't really been... There hasn't been anything about like overall renewables, but for solar in particular in Virginia, the job market has grown. There've been over 2000 jobs that have been added in the Commonwealth. So just really thinking about those numbers and those projections. And as we really all go towards this big goal of finding more innovative projects and getting more um, advancements in technology and expanding in those companies and just seeing more development happen, there's going to need to be people on the ground putting those in projects together, whether it be installers, project managers, um, whether it be, we're probably, get, I mean, I know that um, we've con like companies contract out drone pilots to kind of do a GIS analysis. So whether you're interested in like mapping or um, if you yourself are an engineer, you know, there's just so many different um, possibilities and options um, within the career force. So you don't really have to be so laser lined in just thinking like, I want to go down wind. You can go be like, Hey, maybe I want to be in, I want to be in mechanical engineering. And then from there build the wind turbines or take it a step further. You know, there's just so many different conversations, but I think the first step is just knowing what's out there, knowing that there is a job market yeah, in yeah. energy, knowing that, you know, one thing that really surprised me, that's actually as I'm going to say, it's, you're not going to believe me just from looking at the demographics of us on the screen. You know, the mm -hmm. energy industry is predominantly white men um, in like in their 40s and 50s. So when you think of that and trying to tell a whole bunch of people like we're opening up this brand new career cluster that's just going to really diversify the workspace and seeing like three women panelists has been very rare in, I guess, the history of the industry, but just just thinking of that, like there's just so many options and opportunities in the industry. And 
right now is a time to ask those questions because half the time we still don't even know, like we're figuring it out too. So really being able to loop in students and educators in that conversation of like, how can we best prepare our, like the industry side. And I mean, for me, from like an um, association perspective, like I just really like nonprofit work, you know, that's what got me here. And I ended up coupling it with, my environmental policy and like my love for sustainability. So just really just the opportunities are endless. You know, we don't really have to box ourselves um, as we're in the early phases of really growing and setting the tone for how this workforce grows. It's just an exciting time. It's scary, but it's also like overall with like the public health concerns. But I think I find a lot of joy on like on the calls of being like, Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> a big role in the next couple of months and I'm excited to be to see what comes up and how students respond to the curriculum. Yep, huge opportunity to make an impact. Dominica, did you have something that you wanted to add to? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, it's interesting what you point out at first when I was introducing myself. I think the, the jobs and, and energy power generation industry can be really divided into, you know, things like support roles so it'll be sales legal accounting and that's something that you can just have an education and something and then transition into it but something that is and i know it's more challenging for my company when we enter a new market is people that have to be a little bit more specific and focused so that's usually the people that are on the ground on you know working on the projects they're not in the headquarters in the office that they can support different um, things going on so i know you know, my company is is really sometimes struggling with finding people that would have this um, specific experience and not only specific to solar, because that's a fairly new industry, let's say in, in this part of the world. So it's, it's rare to see somebody with 20 or 30 year experience um, in solar industry. So just, you know, to, to throw it out there for, for different jobs, um, you know, we have Project developers, they can have any background pretty much, but as soon as you get into that inge- engineering and construction, these are a bit more focused jobs. Um, so, you know, we have superintendents, foremen, um, we're looking for people with electrical experience, any engineering experience really, environmental experience, because we, we have environmental specialists on site, we're looking for people that are experienced in safety, in commissioning, in quality. Um, you know, these are all the jobs that we really need to have somebody on site. So wherever our projects are going to go, which now majority is in Virginia, that's where we're going to look to to hire. And I think one earlier question was, you know, relating to internships. So for, for jobs like mine, we usually look for, for the office um, workers. We're usually... Um, you know, go out to universities and try to reach out to soon-to-be graduates. Uh, but for the little bit more focused jobs on site, and unfortunately COVID happened, but this year we had in the works a program for Surrey High School, actually. This is where our largest today project is to have a few, you know, graduates from high school to come to our site over the summer so that they could be exposed to the technology to give them better ideas of what they want to focus on. Um, so I think these are just two different interesting paths for, for people that are interested in energy. 
that awesome that summer program that you guys mentioned right there it allowed for the that's what we're all about right mike here and Enrico oh, yeah. letting the students get in there and really put their hands on it and i think that's the best experience that you can get instead of watching a video or even mm-hmm. hearing a podcast about it about it just go out there and do it and you'll see if you like it for yourself lauren did you have something to say yeah, I'd have to second the uh, internship. So that's how I started out was uh, getting an internship where I'm there in in the office working with other engineers and team members on on big projects. You're gonna you're gonna hit the ground running, and and um, it's a great way for you to kind of interview that company and see, okay, is this the company I want to be working for, and is this um, the kind of job I want to be doing. And a lot of times if you say, Hey, I want to check out that job over there and see what that's like, then you're able to, once you get your foot in the door, you're able to have that flexibility and move around a little bit. So it's a great way for the company to interview you to see if you're a good fit and you to do the same to interview your company to see if, if you're a good fit. And a lot of times those jobs do turn into full-time positions after that. So I'd say that's, that's a huge step to take um, as one of your, your first steps into your career. As far as uh, the jobs for power production, there is such a large variety of jobs. And um, I know at, at Dominion, you may find that you start in, in one position and then whether that's in, in engineering or, or um, project management, and then you see, hey, I really want to learn about finance. And so you, you go into finance. So you've got that kind of flexibility in energy production. Um, so so definitely the uh, would encourage, if, if you're interested in the, the technical track as far as engineering, pretty much you'll have a career doing anything you want based on that foundation but there's also a lot of jobs out there that are needed for right out of high school so mechanics electricians welders technicians um and and so we we also have a large demand for that i know at the the nuclear power station we have nuclear operators that are trained right out of high school so with uh, zero college experience uh, a nuclear power operator is going to be one of the highest paying jobs in the country and you go through a a rigorous um, on the job um, multi-year training system to set for for a license to be able to operate the the power plant but at that point you're 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 taking the the skills that you've learned for critical thinking and problem solving and hitting the ground running right out of high school into your career path all right all right and emily did you have something to add real really quickly yeah, I just wanted to, we've been mentioning internships, and so I just wanted to flag, you know, wind power is new in Virginia. It's uh, it's a, been under development for many years, but as far as, you know, the construction, the operations, like this is all, it's all new, it's all fresh. And so I just, you know, I want to encourage people, you know, there's companies, you know, EDP Renewables being one of them, there's many others, you know, that offer internships um, in various aspects of the wind industry, um, be it those specialty shops, environmental, policy, um, legal, all of those, or also, you know, development, construction, uh, wind technicians, you know, there's ways that you can get exposed, even though there aren't necessarily, you know, wind projects up and running yet in Virginia, there's still ways you can get involved and learn about the various opportunities from other more like just national companies that have those um, internships available just to get that exposure. So that, yeah, that's just something I wanted to flag is, you know, it's new, offshore's new, 
but there are ways you can learn and ways you can really get involved and see what's out there. Just one more thing for, for my company, you know, what we realize is that we actually like to train people on site and kind of teach them, you know, the specifics, the way we want them. So if somebody comes with just basic exposure, exposure to, um, you know, with any technical skills, we like to hire them um, as an entry level position and just help them, you know, grow and, and train them. Yeah. And I wanted to share some like resources. Um, I know that people can kind of look at right now and students and um, their parents. So JM, JMU Center for Advancement of Sustainable Energy um, has some dockets of like K through 12 education, um, like I guess teacher professional development. Um, they list out some like competitions that um, students and like groups can get involved in, whether it be um, like solar competitions, um, wind competition projects, capstone projects. And I know, Varia, we're looking for, an, we, I am looking for an intern too. So if you go to our website, there's an internship post there. So definitely want to expose as many people to, I guess, the industry side and like, I guess, the trade association side. So as I find more resources, I'll happily like um, send them your way, hopefully to share largely. But that's a great um, place to go. It has like some dockets that you can go on to kind of just like do practice right now, especially since people are home. Um, just some fun things to look at. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that uh, right there. Cause you know, we're talking about all these great opportunities, but we got to be able to direct the, the kids or the students to areas of where they can find more information about these opportunities. Guys, we're running up against the clock over here, Mike. Is there anything that, else that you, uh, that you wanted to, to ask our panel here of energy professionals before I go ahead and close the show? Just, just real quick, um, y'all's companies, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, how y'all are reaching out to young people. Um, do y'all have, do y'all companies, are they have any programs specifically geared towards uh, young women to get into the field? We have had, amazingly enough, in almost all of our podcasts for the energy um, a cluster, career cluster this coming, we have had a majority of, of women that we are interviewing from each one of these different companies, we are seeing a, I'm a, I don't know if it's proportional representation, but it has been really exciting to see uh, how it's more diverse than we, I would have thought. Um, and, but what is, are y'all's companies doing specifically and organizations to, bring in uh, young women into y'all's fields? Real, just something really quick. I, I know we're running up against the clock for Sean. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> so at Dominion, we have a, a couple different organizations that are have a focus on girls in STEM, one being the women's resources group. So uh, the, the women's resource group actually goes out to local schools um, with a focus on teaching girls about uh, energy production and the various careers that are available to them uh, at as, as young as a middle school level. Um, I'm also involved in the women in nuclear organizations. We have a Dominion Energy chapter as part of this larger national organization. And through this women in nuclear group, um, annually, we have a large uh, Girl Scouts event. So we have um, around 120 Girl Scouts come out to our um, corporate office or a local education center, depending on the, the year we're doing it. And they spend the day involved in different um, science experiments all revolving around 
energy production and specifically in nuclear energy. And at the end of the day, they get a, a nuclear patch out of it and lots of materials to take home and to review uh, with their parents about what they learned that day. So just, just a couple of the ways that we're starting to plant those seeds and that next generation of, of women coming up into energy. I think that's really cool. Um, that's one of the ways to get out there and really put in front of parents and uh, students' faces about what is possible uh, in, in you guys' line of work. All right, Emily, what you have to say? Um, I just want to flag there's a lot of, uh, alongside you know the initiatives of EDP Renewables, there's also national organizations and state organizations that really encourage, you know, women to get involved in this industry. Uh, one that I, you know, just thought of as you were asking that question, Mike, was um, RISE. Uh, it's W-R-I-S-E, and it's, uh, I'll not mess up this acronym, Women of Renewable Industries and Sustainable Energy. I found just they, you know, they're a great organization um, geared at, you know, empowering women in this industry and in renewables um, and, you know, in education and informing about different job opportunities, different ways you can be involved um, in the industry um, from an, on a national standpoint. I just think that's one really good way um, to jump in. Um, learn more uh, about, you know, women in this industry specifically. All right. Wafa? For us, since we are very heavily like event-based, um, we have a student membership option that um, right now I'm kind of looking to expand on that um, and grow it a little bit more. Our student membership hasn't been that, we haven't had a lot of focus on that um, over the years, but now that there's a um, career cluster, there's an immediate need for it. So I'm expanding on that. Um, but also, since we are very event-based, um, trying to like diversify our panelists and our speakers to kind of say like, hey, these are the people who are in the industry who look like you, who are women, who are uh, men, who are, you know, just very diverse um, exposure of like our events just to showcase and highlight um, different people. You know, I think within Virginia specifically over the course of the last five to 10 years, we've just become so accustomed to seeing some of the same people, same faces at different events and speaking um, options. So just looking to diversify that um, and show people like, these are all of the different people that could potentially be your mentor or your intern, your boss, you know? So just really creating those direct networking opportunities talking about expanding on career fairs on university campuses already. So um, just a lot of exciting things coming down the pike from Varia. All right. Sounds like a lot of exciting things coming down the pike for pretty much everybody uh, who's represented here uh, on, the podcast, on the podcast. Important message from that last little segment there. Energy careers are for everyone. Again, energy careers are for everyone. Short, tall, small whatever <laughs> energy careers are for you. <laughs> and Dominique, I saw you uh, try to sneak and unmute your mic right there. What do you, what do you have to say? Um, so at, at Strata, we have a, a women's group. So, um, you know, that's um, a, a group that was started to kind of bring the women within the company together. Um, Cause as, as was pointed out, I think the, um, it's a predominantly male industry. Um, so the group at Strata is focused on, um, you know, some networking events, some professional development events to help women in the company kind of rise to the different levels within the company. Um, but similarly to, um, you know, Rise, um, I lived in North Carolina for a while and uh, the North Carolina Sustainable 
Energy Association. They have a very active women's group. And they recently, last year, they released a mentorship program, and it is also open to students. So if you want to, you know, you can partner with a female within the industry um, for, for 12 months, and it kind of, you know, it's up to you how you're going to manage that relationship. But, um, you know, they do offer um, the, the mentorship, which is a pretty cool program. That's awesome. What an awesome way to get your foot in the door right there, <laughs> to have a mentor right there to, to kind of guide you. Uh, as you make your entrance. I want to thank you guys all for logging in. Not coming out, Mike. I almost said coming out for logging <laughs> in and being a part of the podcast here today. It ran uh, considerably longer than expected, but I think it was good and an impactful information that was shared here today inside of our fourth and final energy podcast episode. Who knows, Mike? Maybe when they come up with something else, another career cluster, they'll ask us to do this again, dude. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> and, maybe, and, and maybe with a little prodding, we'll get some more podcasts out of this subject. This, this yeah. is so much information. I mean, so much information, almost, man. So much. Every time we leave so many um, questions on the table we never even get to. Yeah, so much. it's so, so hard to get to it in, in 30 minutes, uh, in an hour, let alone 30 minutes, to get to everything that we need to uh, possibly cover. And, uh, yeah, I want to just say thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with us here today. Thank you to the listeners out there on the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Hopefully you were able to get something out of these, this energy career cluster series that we have been able to do. Uh, so thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this, Mike. I'm speaking for Mike too at this point. I'm sure he's just as thankful as I am for the opportunity uh, to be able to be the voice uh, of something this big. I want to remind you guys, check us out on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Mike, tell them again where they can find the podcast. Look for Henrico CTE now on your favorite uh, podcast venue, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. All right. I'm, I'm, and many, I'm, many more. And many, many more. So however you want to listen, wherever you want to listen, we have you covered. Uh, for uh, Lauren Lopez, for Emily Hughes, for Wafa May, uh, Dominica Sink, uh, I've been Rashawn Garnett. And for Mike Roberts. I want to forget about Mike. I don't know why I keep doing that, Mike. Uh, this has been her when, when you can't see me it's just i'm just not even here <laughs> usually I just, I just look around the room and do it but it's a little bit harder yeah, when it's through this i'm zone. bigger than life <laughs> for all those folks i just mentioned thank you guys so much for joining us until next time so long everyone yeah.